Have you ever asked yourself, why am I here? Why was I born? What is the reason I'm on this planet? Welcome to the Purpose Hunter podcast. My name's Matt Barafato, and I'm the Purpose Hunter. I started this podcast with one goal in mind, and that was to help individuals that were struggling with these life questions. People that don't know the answers and they're looking for clues or looking for just anything that will help them to figure this out. So you'll always hear me do interviews with ordinary people. And some of these people have figured out why they're on this planet. And some of these people just aren't sure. And some of these people don't know at all. But they will give you clues that you will be able to apply to your life and help you figure out why are you on this planet? What is your purpose for being? Matt Barafato, the Purpose Hunter, coming to you today with another episode of the Purpose Hunter podcast. I am just thrilled to introduce a good friend of mine. And when I say good friend, because we really just recently met, but we've known each other for a long time, apparently, which is going to be sort of fun. <laughs> so I'm very excited. Um, his name is Marty Griffin. And Marty, welcome to the Purpose Hunter podcast. Thank you, Matt. It's great to be here with you. It really is. So glad you're taking the time. Um, do us a favor so that so our listeners can get a little bit of a sense of where you've come from. Give, give them a 30,000 foot view of of a, you know where you grew up and and just as it come through to bring you to where you are today with your business that you started that you have that you currently have so take that away yeah so i grew up on the northwest side of chicago in the middle of five kids a good old irish catholic family and uh probably most relevant to you and i is i went to notre dame high school uh and of course for you listeners you were a senior when i was a freshman and uh you didn't know me but i know you because you were the star of the team and and I'm not being funny right now. One of my favorite nights of my sporting life was watching you guys win the state championship uh, in uh, February of 76. And for your listeners, what's so funny about that, I don't think I've seen you since you graduated high school until last summer when we were both working on stuff for the kids at Notre Dame High School. So cool. it's a, it's a, it's pretty funny and, and joyful to be with you today. Uh, at, at Notre Dame High School, I think I, I really only weighed 86 pounds when I got there. Went out for the wrestling team, got killed the first year, but ended up sticking with it. And um, being the captain of the team and set school records for takedowns and escapes. I was in the school plays and loved that as well. The musicals went to Marquette University, where I also wrestled. Coming out of college, I spent five years teaching high school at Marist High School in Chicago Southwest. I taught French and English and was the number two coach on a great wrestling team. We were ranked third in the country one year in one state. So that was pretty exciting. Got an MBA while I was doing that and spent 30 years in the corporate world in um, primarily distribution or sales roles at a pretty senior level. At companies like uh, Aon, Ameriprise, American Express, GE, and most recently, Ohio National. Um, and along the way, I kind of developed this love of leadership and uh, the love of really helping teams, organizations, players, myself, uh, develop fully, like get to that next most radiant version of themselves. And that's what always has turned me on um, in life. So I did that a long time in the corporate world. And more recently, I started a business, uh, Griffin Executive Group, which is getting 10 to 12 business owners or CEOs together on the same team. 
and they'll bring a challenge or a problem or an idea or an opportunity to the group and they'll get a lot of advice and a lot of accountability with the idea. Just started that. We just had our fourth meeting and it's been uh, really a wonderful experience. And these, these CEOs and business owners have gotten vulnerable right away. I started working on difficult things together and it's been pretty rewarding uh, to be a part of it. Beautiful. Thanks for that uh, sort of uh, vision of where you've come from. And, and uh, very kind of you to say what you did about me. But it's really interesting when I didn't even know who you were. But yeah. luckily, I was not a jerk, apparently, which is good. You were. You were. Um, and and you, you followed us because we just had a great hockey team. We won the state championship. But it was really sort of cool. So uh, I'm going to jump right in. And uh, yeah. so I'm going to start asking some questions that are really meant to help us, you and me, have this conversation so that other people out there that are out there wrestling with that that thing called purpose, uh, maybe we can give some some ideas and things that will give them clues. So my question to you is this, Marty, my favorite question, purpose or passion, which comes first? What do you think? Yeah, I thought a lot about this. I, I think the passions I found in my life are what led me to, to find my purpose. You know, so for example, I was pretty passionate about sports. And so that's what got me into wrestling, which was so influential in my life. And that's where I discovered how much I love development of me, of teammates, how much I love being on a team, how much I love leadership. And I don't know if that happens to me if I wasn't so passionate about playing in sports. And I was a little bit desperate, man, because I was 85 pounds when I started high school. So <laughs> it wasn't the football coach wasn't looking for me, but there was a place for me in wrestling. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So I'm going to go passions. Yeah. So and so you answered that really quick. So that's assigned to me that you've thought about that as opposed yep. to, and, and that's okay. So what that really, that's interesting. That starts the conversation, but here's the real question. The real question is why were you born Marty? Why are you on, why are you on this planet? Um, that's such a big question, Matt Farfato. And <laughs> I, I don't, I almost feel like saying why I was born is almost feels conceited to me because, you know, I don't really know why I was born. Mm -hmm. um, but it had something to do uh, what I alluded to before. I can remember my senior year at Marquette University. I, you know, I, at Notre Dame, I was the captain of the team and I, I won a leadership award at Marquette. But my mom asked me at Christmas day, what do you want? What are you going to do next year? You know, because I was going to get to. And I thought, well, I don't really know, but I love to teach and coach, which is a hint as to what my purpose was. I would love to teach and coach. So I, at the time I could get a job at a private school, I didn't need a teaching certificate. And when I got to Marist and started leading every day, you know, I taught five classes every day of 30 to 35 kids. On the weekends, I would take the sophomore team, you know, on the bus set all over Chicagoland or the varsity team, depending on what it was. And it was on me to help those kids and those wrestlers become better. And it was never for me about them being better wrestlers or better students, although that was important to me. Mm -hmm. What I saw was I could influence their life for the rest of their life as, as some of the coaches at Notre Dame High School did for me. Like mm -hmm. I take those lessons with me and I'm 61 years old now. So mm -hmm. I saw I had that that influence or possibility of influence on that. And it really lit me up. I mean, I, I really liked it. It was like a full body experience. I loved being in charge of a wrestling team on a weekend, going into a tournament, win or lose, adversity, whatever. I love standing there and helping lead those those young men. And helping them become a better version of themselves. And, and, and I think as I left teaching and went to the corporate world, I don't really think that ever left me. So for me, I could have success in business. But if it was not, if it was not in a way that people were growing and teams were developing and people were working together well, 
it didn't didn't really light me up. What lit me up was was helping change the culture, helping you know take politics out of the equation and take silos out of the equation and getting people to work together and become the next best version of themselves. I just I always really liked that. And so my guess is that's why I'm here. I think that's why I'm here. So I I love your honesty. And that is what I want our listeners to hear. What I think the, the, the best conversations that I'm having with people are when they are really honest and they, they admit, you know, I have a guess. I have a, I have an inkling what it might be. I don't know for sure. And if I don't know for sure, how can I get better at figuring that out? And, and so you used some phraseology that I want to go back to a little bit and let you go a little deeper on. And that is, you said it lit you up. Yeah. Now, when I say, when I hear someone say that, when I hear you say that, I'm getting to know you. And, I, and, and that means a lot. And you even said it, it's, it's like you're feeling it in your whole body. And I think yeah. that that's a really important aspect. It's not up in your head. It's actually in your body. So talk to me a little bit deeper about what, what do you, when you said lit, it lit you up, describe the feeling. Yeah, well, it's a full body experience for sure, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I remember uh, when I got the call from Marist in the spring of 83 at Marquette, it was one of those rare days in Milwaukee when the weather was nice. And they told me they were, you know, offering me a job and I like jumped. I mean, it was it was like so thrilling to me. And it was not mm-hmm. any of the, none of it was rational, like intellectual. It was more mm-hmm. like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. next fall, I'm going to be teaching high school and I'm going to be coaching kids in wrestling that is going to be an unbelievable experience for me. And so I felt it in my, all, all over my body. It was like in my steroid and in my gut. And it was like, I literally jumped. And so, so it's that. And then, you know, when I would, when I would, you know, go out on the weekends with the wrestling team or whatever. Yeah, it was, it's the most alive I've ever felt. I think, you know, coaching in a very intense wrestling match. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a level of aliveness uh, that you don't necessarily get in everyday life. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And as I do purpose hunting, you just said a couple of things that just jumped out at me. And a lot of times what I what I want our listeners to do is to really pay attention in their own lives of those things that they do that cause that feeling in their body. Because it's really a physical feeling. It's not a thought process. It's a physical feeling. And then pay attention to what you're doing. Because a lot of people, because now, and you also said something interesting, when you got to the corporate level, the thing about the corporate level or the corporate experience you had was when you were still able to do the same thing you were doing to the students, but you were yeah. doing it to your, your executive team or you were doing it to a, a leadership team. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. Yep. Wow. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, so, so if you had to, and I know this is a hard question. Not that any of the questions I ask aren't hard. They're sort of all hard, which is really good, by the way. Um, I think I think it's good for people to contemplate these things. But what do, would you say there's one or two maybe catalysts that actually thrusted you into that? Was there a catalyst? Was there something? Was there was there back even before you were in high school? Was there was it was it your parents? Was it a teacher? Was it what, what was it? That, what, was there a catalyst? And describe it. Yeah. You know, when I was a, a kid, I, I don't know if there was a, a for sure catalyst as a kid, but, but um, my parents always wanted us to do our best, you know? Yeah. And yep. so that was a big value. And uh, it was hard for me because I was reasonably smart, but my siblings were all smarter. So my best wasn't as good as their best, but, <laughs> but that seemed to be a standard. They, and I remember going to my office with, my dad was a lawyer. I'd go to the office with him sometimes. And I watched how he treated people and he treated mm-hmm. people beautifully. 
You know, it didn't matter who the person was in the office, didn't matter what the rank was. Um, I certainly took that from him. My mom was a special ed teacher. And so I, I just saw this embracing of everyone. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I got from my parents was they, they just saw the potential in everybody. It didn't matter. We had five kids, all different friends. My parents embraced them all. Mm-hmm. And there's this lesson about you, me, the person walking down my block right now, all could be great. You know, and that stuck with me as a kid for sure. Mm-hmm. That was the catalyst. I had a coach my junior year at Notre Dame. He's only there for one year, Mark Gervais. And uh, he taught us how to win, but he also taught us tough love, like a guy who could really push you, but but had his arm around you at the same time. And you, mm-hmm. you knew he cared. So mm-hmm. um, that was definitely a catalyst for me. And ironically, he was the head coach at Maris when I was the number two coach. So wow, what does that say? Yeah, he's yeah. in the Hall of Fame right now. Um, so, you know, that was a catalyst. And, um, and I think I always did better in wrestling, which is individual sport in matches that were team matches, like more important to the team. Mm-hmm. I did okay in individual, but I did much better when it meant something to the team. Mm-hmm. And that's, that said something to me about my purpose. Like I really like, I think it was Stephen Covey had a quote, interdependence is a higher value than independence mm-hmm. and not to devalue independence, but what a team yeah, could yeah. do together. And you guys were a great example of that back in 1976 of a team that really wasn't supposed to necessarily win state, but did because you all were a team. And so somewhere in that journey before I got to Marist High School, I think, or maybe it was at Marist at the end, just fell in love with what could the team do here? What could we do together? And I just find such joy in that. I love it. And and would you say uh, in your now, the journey in the corporate world, was there a similar time when you were able to touch that same thing and you just knew that that's something that, and maybe you were being advanced at, at, at certain corporations. Was there, what, was there a, a person that saw that in you or what, what, what happened in your career? You know, I had a mentor that saw something in me and he was, he was great. But I think the, really the turning point in my career was when the company I was with, which was an Aon subsidiary, got sold to GE, General Electric in the nineties, Jack Welch's GE. Mm-hmm. And I had to integrate four groups together in a sales effort. So we all had GE on our business cards. We were all disjointed. And my mm-hmm. job was to bring that together. And I think um, that's when I really got in touch with a similar gift that I felt as a coach and teacher, with the exception of these were adults. And the big, the big gift I got, and I don't know where it came from, actually it was a consultant, a guy named Nadim Mata. And he taught me a process to discover what to do next as opposed to dictate what I was going to do next. I was going to do mm-hmm. next. So that required mm-hmm. the full team. These four groups didn't necessarily like each other, bringing them together, working together, building trust, working together on a plan as opposed to dictating the plan. So it was mm-hmm. a lot of the coaching stuff, but in a very different way. That mm-hmm. makes sense? It does. Let yeah. me ask you, you use the word gift. Yeah. Was that a gift that uh, in this process you taught or was that a gift that you had in turn internally? Well, what, how do you use that word? I think, I think it was some, a gift I discovered about myself Got with it. help from this guy, Nadim, mm-hmm. uh, that, that I could get people to work together in, um, by giving them a lot of ownership in the process. And I know this sounds a little bit cliche. It's really hard to explain it, but people trust me because they can in those, in those settings. And people knew mm-hmm. I wasn't running for office. People knew mm-hmm. I wanted to win and I wanted them to win. Mm-hmm. And so it became this process of, being able to ask great questions, you know, and being able to work with the group to discover where we wanted to go and how to get there, you know? So it was like building a strategy, building a plan, but it wasn't my plan. It became our plan, you know? Right. 
don't know if that's so making sense. It, it is. It's making sense to me. And okay. and why? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you drill a little bit deeper on specifically. And again, words are everything. Yep. Um, can you describe in a little bit more detail um, that reason you're on the planet, the way you've described it? Um, is there is there is there a group of people that you that you that you really intense on on trying to serve? Um, is there is there a way to put more specific words on that? I'm just curious. Say, say it one more time on people I wanted to serve. Well, I, I want to I, and bring it back to you though. Yeah. Like, what is you know? I was born. I put on this planet to obviously impact people. But yeah. what exactly are you doing? You're what are you? What exactly are you doing? And you have gifts that are letting you do that. What exactly is that? Yeah, I think I'm being vulnerable. Okay. So, so sometimes it's hard for a leader, right? When you're in charge, but really, I think it's one of the biggest strengths a leader can have. What does that look like? It's about admitting to your team that you don't have all the answers. For example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, so that that'd be one gift, and I think that builds trust. So I think I'm able to build trust because I'm vulnerable. What that allows people to do is engage in conflict with me. So as a leader, if you work with me or for me, you trust me enough to disagree with me. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge part of any team's development, just a huge part of it. That mm-hmm. you can see it in the corporate world where somebody in charge will say something, nobody agrees with him or her, but no one's going to say a word. Right. right, right. And I think I had the gift of doing the exact opposite. I would be vulnerable enough where people knew they could disagree with me, that we could even fight about it. Mm-hmm. And they'd feel safe to know that it was just about getting the right answer. Did you have to learn that or is that something that just came natural to you? Yeah, I think it was a combination. It was a, it was a combination. Um, I, I, learned, I learned actually, uh, this is a great story. Uh, my daughter took a class called the Landmark Forum. I had taken it and they had it for little kids. And she was about 10 years old and they called the parents and they said, look, your kids are already up to great things. They told us that right? The kids weren't in the room yet. These kids between the age of nine and 13, they're up to great things. So we go in the room and they tell the kids, tell your parents what you're up to. And these kids were up to great things. They already knew if they wanted to be married. They knew if they wanted to be a doctor, they knew they wanted to have kids and they were nine, 10, 11, 12 years old. So that was a life changer for me in all facets of my life Hmm. with the game quit being Matt. I got to get you to do this. So you'll be great. Just Mm -hmm. saying, Matt, what do you want to do here? Mm -hmm. And allow you to discover your greatness right? And so as a parent, as a leader, as a brother, as a dad, I don't know, in the world, you know, like, you know, my son was a senior in college and he's on the autism spectrum and he wasn't studying. He's really smart. And so I was frustrated, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I had this conversation with him. I said, you know, you you can either stay in college or go to work and you don't have to go to college, you know, and I'll I'll pay for somebody else to go to college. You don't have to. I want you to be happy. If you're going to go to college, you got to work. So what do you want to do? And I did that and gave him the absolute freedom, right? Mm-hmm. To, to, to what he wanted to do. And he's like, I want to go to college. And I said, well, if you're going to college, you got to work. He said, I will. And he got straight A's the rest of the way. Wow. Until you said that to him, he wasn't doing that kind of stuff. He wasn't no, getting he straight was, A's. He was, no, and he's, he's smart enough to get straight A's, but yeah. he just wasn't doing it. And so the, and the thing there is I learned that people don't argue with their own answers. You know, if, if you're in a business team and you say, guys, if we're really successful, what do you want to, this to look like? They're not mm-hmm. going to say, I want to be terrible. I want to be political. Mm-hmm. I want to be toxic. They're not going to say that. They're going to mm-hmm. say, I want to be great, you know, mm-hmm. or some version of that. Mm-hmm. And so I really learned to take myself out of it 
and find out what you wanted to do. I'm sure if I would have talked to you and when you were senior in high school about hockey, you were very clear on what you wanted for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So as a coach, I wouldn't start, you know, dictating you. I say, Matt, what do you want to do here? And you'd be like, yeah. And sometimes you got to motivate and get after people. I I can do that. I was a wrestling coach. Right. Really, it's about what the people you work with, what they want. And most of them Mm -hmm. don't want to be average. Most of them don't want to be toxic. Most of them don't want to fail. So you Mm -hmm. start there and you go. And I guess I learned that along the way. Yeah, I, guess I, that along I love it. So and my my hope for you and really all my guests are that you you're listening to yourself of what you just said, yeah. because what happens is all of us on this journey, this purpose journey that we're on, as we keep touching those things that light you up, that really mm-hmm. get you fired up. It's interesting how it takes a lot of work to make sure you're always doing that. It does. Because it's amazing how things just come at us, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, and it takes over on it. So I've got, there's only, we're, we're a little, almost out of time. So there's two questions, two other questions I want to ask you. And the first one is, what is it that, what is it that you, hold on a second as I stop this thing here. What is it that you want to leave as a legacy? Wow. Um, Boy, I want to I, I want to reserve the right to answer this question more than once. <laughs> but um, I think it's that that people know I really cared about them, and they could come at me in whatever form they are in. You could be you. They could be they could be themselves around me that I cared about them, and that I always listen for their greatness. You know, like when they walked in a room, they knew Marty Griffin had their back. And and was 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 listening and for for the best version of themselves. I guess that would I want my, want my legacy to be. That's pretty cool. Write yeah. that one down. That's a good. I that's a that's a good one. <laughs> that's a really good one. Um, all right. Last question. If you could give just one piece of advice to someone who's struggling with this thing called purpose, mm. what, what would your advice be to them? Well, the first piece of advice would be kind to yourself, which I've not always been good at being kind to myself. It's a very natural thing, you know, in your life to uh, be unclear about what you want, to find your direction, to find your purpose. So that'd be my first advice. Find a way to be kind to yourself because it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, The second thing is just listen to everything. You know, Uh, it was fun to have this conversation today because. Uh, I, I know how my body feels when I'm when I'm connected to purpose and I know how it feels when I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. and for me. It's hard when it's not connected. You said it earlier. It's it's hard when I'm not, you know, because I, I lost my corporate career in a very awful way, which we could talk about another episode back in 2019. That's a decision that was made that I didn't agree with. I had to lay off a bunch of people. And it was just awful. Um, and it hurt me. You know, it hurt mm-hmm. me. It took me a while to recover. Um, so. So find ways. And sometimes I would say the law of little things, Matt, mm-hmm. you know, the little things count. If you're finding your way to purpose, you don't have to, you know, like have a miracle. Right. You, you just have to find little things. So maybe one of your purposes is to lighten up people's days. So when you go into Starbucks, just do that, you know, mm-hmm. just interact with people and cheer them up. Start with little things. And I think if you're observing it along the way with the little things, you'll start to see the big things. Beautiful. I love I love the words of wisdom. Yeah, so if, 
If today's episode with Marty Griffin resonated with you, download it and listen to it again. And then write down just one idea that you heard today that will give you some clues helping you to find and live your purpose every day. Until the next time, this is Matt Barifato, the Purpose Hunter. And my challenge for everyone is to get excited about your ideas and your passions. Let people feel your emotion. If you do, you will be on your way to letting your purpose find you. Thank you, Marty Griffin, for sharing some of your insights on your purpose journey with us today. Thank you, Matt. It's been just a delightful pleasure to do this and to reconnect with you. Why I'm here.